We talk about baseball virtually every single episode, and, well, let's be honest, normally we'd be talking about the trade deadline. That's not happening right now. So we got some generic-ass baseball content, because who doesn't love predictions? And since baseball's back in business, we're gearing up for, as we said last week, perhaps the most chaotic stretch of Major League Baseball ever. With the DH looming, things are about to get shaken up like an aggressive OBGYN shaking a silent baby. And like Mr. Massive said, generic ass content time, people. Let's go! Yeah. Oh, God, Tom Brady. No, Tom Brady. You may have gotten drafted by the Expos, but you don't belong in baseball. And you cannot be kissing your son in front of me anymore. (laughs) Actually, that's probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. But anyways, there's three divisions in the NL. We're going to jump strictly NL this week. Okay? Boys, let's talk about the NL East. The Atlanta Braves. Despite the fact that Freddie Freeman is now a COVID patient. <laughs> That's very interesting. Is, are they still your division winner with Freddie Freeman potentially out for a while? The Braves have the most impressive talent on the field right now, led by Ronald Acuna. But they also made some upgrades in their starting pitching. Because last season, the starting pitching was the one area where they faltered. They upgraded with Cole Hamels, who is a you know older guy, middle of the road, but he's still a solid veteran presence in the rotation. And King Felix, um, you know, until he opted out this morning. But besides that, I really like the direction the Braves are going to. And Dansby Swanson is the guy that I'm looking for. I think this is the time where he breaks out, surrounded by such talent in the lineup, where he's finally able to show why he was the number one overall pick by the Diamondbacks a couple years back. Yeah, I mean, as always, I'm in agreement with Mr. Massive. He's so excited. (laughs) For some different reasons, though. Their rotation hasn't really gotten better. However, the rotation is good. You know, obviously there weren't that many issues with that. Their bullpen was absolutely terrible, as you know, it was obvious in the playoffs what we had seen. But they're just getting better and better. They have young talent. And with the shortened season, I feel that they're going to benefit from those challenges that they're going to be facing, especially since they have some older players, such as Cole Hamels, and obviously with that bullpen that they have. So we'll see what happens. Do you think John Smoltz is going to have a big impact this year. I think I Tom think... Glavin coming out of the bullpen is going to be huge. And Greg Maddox says he's excited for the season as well. Well, I'm glad we covered all of our Andrew Jones and Chipper Jones bases here. Wow. Uh, I also have the Braves because I have no individuality and I'm just going to agree with you guys. No, the Braves are the best team in the division. Absolutely. Um, I don't I don't care if the Nationals won. I mean, the, if, you, if you look at the Nationals, I mean, they went 19-31 last year. To start the season, they had the worst bullpen ERA in baseball throughout the entire season, and the worst of all time through May. They're an erratic, streaky team, and as much as they want to pick the Nationals to even win the division or make the playoffs, I think they're going to miss the playoffs. They were a fairy tale story. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they lost Anthony Rendon. Obviously, they weren't the best team in baseball. They just happened to get hot and. I guess they banged on a few more trash cans. <laughs> so butthurt. Even if it was a 162-game season, there's no guarantee the Nationals would have made the playoffs anyway. Because ultimately, they didn't replace Rendon adequately enough. Ryan Zimmerman just opted out. And if I remember correctly, the bullpen still sucks. They did go on a magical run, and that's fantastic. But the other teams in the division improved more than they did, and I don't think they closed the gap far enough. Yeah, that's a very fair point. All right, let's move to the NL Central. Who are your picks to win the division? Eskimo brother? 
I'm going with the Reds. They've improved tremendously. I believe that the universal DH will be huge for them and a massive, massive benefit. Unlike Mr. Massive. <laughs> Are you saying, ironically enough, Mr. Massive is not a massive benefit, even though his name is Mr. Massive? Wait, you're going to tell me that's not why that was his name the whole time? That sounds like a tongue twister to me. Anyway. <laughs> will we see some Aquino magic? Hopefully, because we know that Aquino hits absolute bombs. But now, nah, in all seriousness, you know, they signed that guy Akiyama out of Japan. They signed Nick Castellanos, who I know is your favorite player. And they obviously have a major logjam in their outfield, but the fact that they can start four people now, that's going to be massively helpful. You really like that word massive, huh? Don't get so much to tell you about that. Um, I picked the St. Louis Cardinals, and shamefully, I did it based off of Vegas' betting odds last week. <laughs> they were minus 1,100 to win the division of the NL Central. But it goes a little deeper than that. I really love the team that they're putting together. And prior to the COVID crisis, everyone was talking about how Arenado was virtually in St. Louis. There was an MLB trade freeze. We're yep. waiting for that to be completely figured out. But assuming Arenado goes because the deal was there, they're my pick to win. I absolutely love what the Reds did. Absolutely. But the starting pitching has enough questions for me where I think the Cardinals will overtake them as division winner. But we'll see. Do you think the Reds are a playoff team? Absolutely. Okay. So you bring up pitching, which is very interesting. So after Jack Flaherty, who's pitching for the Cardinals, and how do they not compare to the Reds' rotation? I can't name a single player in the Reds' rotation, so there's a start. You got Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray... You got uh, Trevor Bauer. So, Sonny Gray is a reclamation project. Well, not really, but I think he's going to do better, but I can't really see him as, like, the workhorse that he was meant to be. He was very good last year. Name one pitcher on the Cardinals, not named Jack Flaherty, you're throwing up instead of Sonny Gray. Carlos Martinez, who's a relief pitcher. And that's (laughs) (laughs) He might be a starter. And let me tell you why your opinion just absolutely is worthless. (laughs) Oh, interesting. That's a shot fired. You guys are best friends and totally not sworn enemies. So maybe we should just keep it as, you know... Reconcilable differences. We would be the love-hate tag team if we were a wrestling thing. Yeah. If you guys forgot, I also have an opinion. It may not be worth that much on the show, but I also am picking the Reds because Eskimo Eskimo brother and I agree on every single thing that we do. Wait, that's our bit. I have no originality. God damn it. But anyways, Nick Castellanos had 1,002 OPS last year in a third of a season. 16 home runs, 36 RBIs, 41 runs... He set the world ablaze, okay? Everybody forgot about him because A, he was a Tiger, and B, he was a Cub. Neither team was good last year. Neither team made the playoffs. Also, watch out for Jesse Winker. Everyone forgot about Jesse Winker. He is the absolute on-base machine. If Jesse Winker properly develops, if Eugenio Suarez keeps tearing it up, he had 49 home runs last year. And if Nick Senzel, former top five prospect, develops... They could be an absolute lightning rod in the NL Central. Also, completely underrated signing in Mike Moustakis. He hit 35 home runs last year. Very underrated signing. All right, boys. NL West. One, two, three. LA. Cool. So, wild card. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. I know you said you had the Reds in the playoffs. They're your first wild card. Correct. Who's your second wild card? Phillies. 
Excellent. Talk about the Phillies. I love the Zach Wheeler acquisition. I think that he, as in the number two star in that rotation, gives the Phillies the much-needed pitching boost that they had, well, rather that they needed. I also love that David Robertson comes back healthy and can slide into the bullpen, solidifying that. And I expect a huge bounce-back season from Bryce Harper. I'm a big Harper fan. I make that no secret. It's time for him to reestablish himself as the face of baseball that they tried to market and failed at. Do you love how Mr. Master just lives in hope? <laughs> hope is the death of a salesman. Interesting. <laughs> but anyway. All right, big balls. Let's go. Let's see what you got. <laughs> oh, wow. I went from homeless to big balls. Anyway. They're still homeless. So I have Arizona and the New York Mets. Now, with Arizona, I love what they're doing. Talk about hope. The New York I was Mets. just thinking that. You gotta believe. <laughs> So, when it comes to Arizona, I love what they're doing. You know, they signed Madison Bumgarner. They traded for Starling Marte, who's extremely underrated for some reason every year. Fills up the stat sheet, fills up the categories. At the end of the day, Madison Bumgarner in a 60-game season. I feel like Arizona will take full advantage of this. Um, they're going to improve. Uh, they improved tremendously last season. And, you know, with these signings and, you know, with what they're building upon in addition to that, um, they're going to be very, very dangerous as a, as a short season. Now with the Mets, I mean, they always get off to a hot start, no matter what. Every single season, you'll see 11-1, the Amazons, we're going to the World Series. And they lose the next 15 games, and then everyone, you know, they go back to who they are. Mickey Callaway. <laughs> but yeah, so I have the Mets, you know, in a short season, taking full advantage of that as well. They're going to get off to a hot start. They'll benefit from that. They'll pitch very well. They'll make themselves into the wild card. God, I didn't know you put the Mariners in the NL East this season. Oof. It was basically spring training. Pretty much. I'm taking the Phillies. Zach Wheeler has been brilliant, yet brilliantly maddening. Sometimes he's so good that you wonder if he's a top five pitcher, and sometimes he's so hurt that you totally forget he's ever been an MLB pitcher. Or traded for Carlos Beltran. Or traded for Carlos. That was a great trade, by the way. It was. If there is ever a time to shine, it's in the first year of a shiny new contract, and especially against the same division you've been pitching against your entire career. My prediction is that he beats the Mets three times and helps the Phillies to a wild card berth. Tell you, his agent is a better salesman than anybody. Guy can barely stay on the field, yet gets a hundred million. My other wild card team, the Brew Crew. Brew Crew, Brew Crew. That's a bad joke. Good um, thing baseball is a one-person sport with Christian Yelich. <laughs> <laughs> but now they have Keston here. Oh. So they can be a two-person team. Well, you still have Lorenzo Cain. <laughs> I love uh, Brandon Woodruff. I think Brandon Woodruff showed immense upside ever since he led the Miners in K's in 2017. He balled out last year before a late-season injury, and now he can return to being the Brewers' first true ace in a long-ass time. Yelich does well. Yelich things. Like Trout. I'm surprised you didn't bring up Josh Hader. I have questions about Hader. He gets up a lot of home runs. He gets bailed out by defense a lot. There, there were a lot of times last year where he gave up potential home runs that, that got caught by guys like Lorenzo Cain. Um, he'd be such a good Yankee. He'd be such a good Yankee. I, I think he's actually going to get traded to the Mets. I think there's not a, a more desperate team for bullpen help, especially lefty bullpen help. Than the Mets. Oh, they could trade Jared Kalanick for him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we have some Q and A. All right, R.I.P. to the fake listener, ladies and gents. We have real listeners. I know that was Eskimo Brothers' favorite segment, but 
Sorry, but we don't care about you enough to keep your favorite stuff on the show. So, da-na-na, da-na-na. Our first question is from the mayor of NYC. He asks, do you think it's unfair that they randomly decided to implement the NLDH this year? And does this put any team at a disadvantage? I don't think it's necessarily fair, but you have to assume that teams needed to prepare for the inevitability of the DH. Cash is king, and ultimately what's more important to the MLB is the home run. The team that I think most at a disadvantage is San Diego. They traded Framal Reyes, Hunter Renfro over the past 12 months. Both were clearly primed for 40 home run candidates as potential DHs. I'm sure it's a bitter pill to swallow if I was a Padres fan. Well, let's be honest. The National League has had about, I don't know, 60 years now to prepare for the implementation of the DH. So I wouldn't necessarily call it random. Um, And I don't think it puts anybody at disadvantage. There's literally no way that a designated hitter cannot be a benefit to teams that put pitchers out for at least three at-bats a game. Who the hell wants three free outs? It's not fun. So the DH is an advantage to everybody. I think... The MLB was certainly waiting for it, like Altuve waiting for a high outside slider. <laughs> so I, I don't think it blindsided anybody. I, this, this was coming from a mile away. Just like a high outside slider, naturally. Goggles Paisan, another dedicated listener, asks, Does having a better bullpen help in a shortened season because teams would have starters pitch less? Or would it hurt them because they have to rely on them more? which would cause either overexposure or general taxing on the bullpen early. I do think that most postseasons evidently focus on the strategic and heavy use of bullpens. Thus, prolonged usage over the 60-game season could be detrimental to the postseason sprint. Starters are designed to go the distance, so make them go the distance. Five innings is the norm now. Ten years ago, they used to go seven, eight innings. They have the capabilities. Remember when pitchers used to go 12 innings? Remember, no. when, remember <laughs> complete games? The dying stat. Back yeah. in the 70s and 80s, I mean, guys were going 15 complete games, 25 complete games. It, it was no joke. That's when I grew up on, on the street, almost. All right. So as I was saying, what I do believe, though, is that the NLDH is going to expose some pitchers to a degree. So there's not going to be any more easy outs. But overall, I don't think it's going to be taxing on the pitchers. Let's cap it off. MVPs, Cy Youngs. Shoot. Ronald Acuna and Steven Strasburg. Ah, motherfucker. (laughs) Ronald Acuna. But I'm also going Walker Buehler. Excellent. I'm going to agree with both of you guys. I'm going to take Juan Soto and Max Scherzer. Yes, I said it, okay? The Nationals will not only miss the playoffs, but have the MVP and the Cy Young. Because baseball, as you mentioned, is not a two-man sport. And that is the true beauty of baseball. Yeah, the true beauty. Exactly. And on that note, goodbye.